Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Today is the launch of our Advent teaching series, Jesus. I'm going to put the little word, our eternal King, in there that ended up following him and walking around for the space of his three years of public ministry. He wasn't just king for them then. And then when Jesus died and then three days later rose again, and then he ascended into heaven as king of kings, lord of lords, for that early church of believers who, you know, at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell down on them and filled them, for that early community of believers, he wasn't just king for them either. But he's still king today. He can be our king today. And here's the thing, not just for us either today, but for now and forever. Jesus is our eternal king. And so we, we have this, because life is so short, right? We, we see Jesus sometimes in a temporary way or in life. We, we, we say his kingship is just temporary, but actually it is now and forever. Jesus is our eternal king. And so we're going to be talking about that. And we're using Heart the Herald Angels Sing, that song, to help us progress through the Advent series. So uh, you'll be hearing that, singing that, taking part of that every Sunday. So hopefully by Christmas Day, we'll all know the lyrics. Hey? So, <laughs> and, but if we pull up the lyric slide uh, for just a moment today, I'm going to be focusing on the lyric, Peace on Earth. God and sinners reconciled. And so really today I'm going to be looking at Jesus being the king, the eternal king from the lens of peace. Okay, Jesus, the prince of peace. And already there in the song, I love it, that it connects peace and mercy with God and sinners reconciled. That's where the peace comes. And that's what we're going to be pressing into today. But uh, And uh, remembering it's not just about the temporary peace of today. It's interesting, though, to talk about peace and to start off our series on peace, because I don't know about you, but when, when we talk about Advent, when we plan Advent, when things are going on, it's not a calm time, at least for me, and as I think about what's happening, especially in church. It's a funny thing, right? We're, we're busy. It doesn't mean we can't have peace, but we're busy. It doesn't seem like a calm time. And Beyond the busyness, there's things going on. Let's be real, right? There's, there's not just the things of like the Christmas shopping or the parties, the extra events, the nativities, the performances. But even behind that, there's, a, there's the hosting and the relationships and the conversations and just the extra stuff in life. And it, it can really feel, well, really feel like we're not calm. We're not at peace. But Jesus is the eternal king, which means his reign hasn't stopped in any of that period of that, you know, being busy. Jesus is still king over Advent, and not just Advent, but for the rest of our lives. And this is what we're going to press into, not just the temporary solutions to our busyness, not just the temporary solutions of some of the troubles that we may face, but actually looking into the eternal nature of the king, seeing him as the eternal solution to all our problems. Can I, can I just repeat that? He is the eternal solution for all our problems. And so that's what we're going to look at today. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. And we're going to read from verse 6 and 7. And then we're going to 
into Matthew chapter 1. I believe it's from verse 18, so we're going to read from there also. And uh, just as you're getting there or turning on and flicking through uh, the books, just to remind yourself that Jesus, the eternal king, the king over all of us, but also the king right close and personal with us. Let's begin. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So this is what Isaiah prophesies about Jesus many hundred years before he is born. And now we jump into Matthew, the New Testament. And uh, this is what it says from verse 18 to the end of the chapter. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, you know, the government that will have no end of his peace. And yet in the story we hear from Matthew about Joseph and Mary, the arrival of Jesus is anything but peaceful, right? Is it anything but calm? Jesus coming into the lives of Mary and Joseph really kind of messed with their, their planning to, well, they're an engaged couple, they're looking to get married, and all of a sudden Mary's pregnant. Probably wasn't part of their scheduling with children, fair to say, that probably messed with some of the calmness and what they had planned also messed with the community in some sense, right? For, for Mary to be pregnant before they got married kind of may appear or seem for most people on the outside looking in, including Joseph at the start of chat, verse 18, is, oh, Mary has already been unfaithful to me. But that wasn't the case. Messing with the plans. And so you can imagine a society, a tight-knit society and community as it was then, having all sorts of observations, sort of thoughts, sort of judgmental thoughts. And I don't know how, we, we don't know how that overflowed into actions and how they were treated. But you know, probably wasn't the most peaceful time. It probably stirred up a few things among even their relationships. And then if you fast forward the story of the nativity and jump around in Luke, which we don't have time for, we know because of the birth of Jesus, 
And what was going on with Herod at the time, King Herod trying to get rid of the babies of a certain age, then Mary and Joseph had to leave even Bethlehem and move down into Egypt. And then later on, they returned. But even in that time, it wasn't that easy. And they lived elsewhere from maybe where they planned to be. The point of bringing this all up is to mention that even though the Prince of Peace, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with them, the Savior of the world was with them, there were some unsettling times they journeyed through. And so before we look at what peace is and how peace comes to us, I think it's really important for us to take a step back and realize what peace isn't. Okay? Jesus in our lives can give us peace, but peace isn't. Or peace doesn't mean that we won't face no hardships or any hardships. We can still have peace, but we will face some hardships. And as you can see, Mary and Joseph, you just need to read between the lines and and let that story unfold. And you realize, well, they they experience hardship. Having Jesus in our lives doesn't mean we won't face opposition. You've got King Herod wanting the life of Jesus to be finished, to be ended with, and at the stake of loads of other children's lives being ended. We can still have peace, but we may and most likely will come across opposition. The Prince of Peace, and yet Mary had to give birth to Jesus. Just because Jesus was the Prince of Peace, I'm sure even though the uh, conception or being conceived was immaculate, coming from a birth, that's going to be painful. That's going to be difficult. And there are things we have to realize. Jesus even caused Mary pain in the delivery. You know, we, when we're trying to birth things of Jesus in our lives, carry the presence of God in our lives, move with what God is doing... One thing I've noticed through my life of walking with Jesus is actually it seems that it's through sacrifice, through hardship and difficulty, through that worship of giving over and offering yourself up that God does his work. It's never really comes free in that sense, right? (laughs) It's It's a weird one having God's grace in our lives that it doesn't sort of Um, it doesn't cost us anything to have a relationship with him, but we give our lives for his cause. And then finally, you know, there was a lot of noise. I know we talk about Jesus. You kind of have this picture of Jesus because he was the Prince of Peace that the baby never cried. And I know it doesn't say in the scripture, but I just believe he was 100% God, 100% human. In the story, he's 100% baby. He's going to make some noise. And sometimes we're going to face some noise in our lives, some distractions, some things that don't seemingly fit or appear right. Yet, we can have the Prince of Peace in our lives. Yet, we can birth a move of God in our lives. You see, Joseph and Mary, they journeyed and moved with Jesus by faith. By faith. This whole occurrence, this whole procedure of what we've read so far, it happened because of two people moving in faith. And again, not that you have to read between the lines. But from what I detect of Mary and Joseph, despite all that hardship, 
despite the opposition, despite the pain, despite the noise, despite all those things happening, it doesn't appear to me or seem to me like Joseph or Mary had a victim mentality. They weren't like, oh, it's so hard. I can't believe it. I just don't want, you know. It seems to me that because Jesus was in their lives, they couldn't have a victim mentality. Actually, they served the purposes of the Lord. So no matter the cost, no matter the difficulty, it seems that rather than choosing to be a victim and complain, they were privileged, and you will see this in Mary's story as well, how she treasured things up, to see God's work unfold in their lives to serve the purposes of God. Peace isn't hard, isn't, doesn't mean no hardship. It doesn't mean no opposition. It doesn't mean no pain and it doesn't mean no noise. And it definitely doesn't mean you have everything like the world would say. If you want to have peace, if you want to be content, you need everything. <laughs> we know where Jesus was born, right? He didn't even have everything. But that family had peace. So let's move into, if that's not what peace is, what is peace? What is having the presence of Jesus in our lives like? So if we turn to verse 19 in Matthew, you'll see when it talks about Joseph, it talks about a man who prioritized the law. It says he was a righteous man, which is really interesting because he cared about the law. But he didn't just care about the practice. He cared about the principle of the law, what was behind it. Because the law, get this, the law was a temporary way. The law was a temporary measure of having relationship with God. And this seemed to be, at least from when we're reading in Matthew's gospel, Joseph cared about that. He really did. And that's what is noted. And even to the point where when he thought he you know, misjudged Mary and thought Mary was pregnant because of another man, he wanted, even though the law gives room for a quite horrible dismissal of that arrangement, Joseph had it in his mind to still, by the principle of the law, care for her and do things quietly, not to bring shame. Now, this is what's so cool about this story. You've got a man observing the law, to bring about relationship with God. But in this story, in verse 24, we hear about Jesus. We are to give him the name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. The temporary law that was operating in Joseph's life was going to be superseded. The principle was always there by Jesus. The law was always temporary. It was a temporary solution that wouldn't always work. Because, you know, the Lord, they had to go a year on, a year on, a year on and do atonement and all these sacrifices. But Jesus, the saviour of the world, eternal answer, an eternal solution to the problem at hand, to have relationship with God. Peace comes from having a relationship with God. And Joseph, to some extent, was in the old covenant, working through a temporary means by the law, but Jesus was ushering in the new covenant, the New Testament, where through relationship through him, through his death and resurrection, through his ascension into highest heaven, being king over all, we can have somebody who wipes away all our sin, all our shame, all our guilt, 
and so that we can have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus. You see, so much of the time, and I want to be sensitive here, but this is just how I know I operate in the, the timeline that we find ourselves in. So many of the problems, the challenges, the hardships we face are temporary things, okay? And that's not to say Jesus doesn't care about those things and care about things in your life. But Jesus came to deal with an eternal issue. He came to deal with our soul. God cares so much for you that he gave his one and only son to die on a cross and rise again so that your soul could be saved. So although he does care and is present in your current situations and crisis, Jesus came to do something nothing had ever worked before. He came to save your soul so that you can live in eternity with Jesus in a relationship with God. The law was just temporary. Something greater is to come. And so in our lives, there are all sorts of means that we want to operate in to see God work in our lives. But let us not lose focus. Not a, let us not lose heart of the eternal nature of God, that we have been saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus because of his death and resurrection. The first thing about peace, it comes through a relationship with God. It's not our doing, it's his doing. We simply accept him. So the second thing to what peace comes through is peace comes through that relationship. It's like another layer. Peace comes through listening and obeying God. Listening and obeying him. Listening and obeying God. And so what we see in verse 24, when we, look at Math, uh, when we look at Joseph through the story that Matthew gives, we see in verse 24 that after the dream, Joseph gets up and does what he was commanded to do. He goes and takes Mary to be his wife. He then gives, when Jesus is born, he gives Jesus the name Jesus. And as we fast forward the story, we know that because they're unsafe in danger, he gets more dreams and he's told to go to Egypt. And it says there that he took Jesus with him. You see, Joseph operated by faith. Joseph, by faith, married Mary. Joseph, by faith, named Jesus. Joseph, by faith, went to Egypt and returned and took Jesus with him. He listened to God in his life, but he also obeyed. And interesting because it's Joseph and that harkens back to the Old Testament. If you remember Joseph back in Egypt there, Joseph had dreams and this Joseph had dreams too. But the thing was this Joseph as well woke up and lived the dream out. And I think many of us, if we're honest, we do listen to God some of us even dream and store things in our heart. And I think that's a good thing. I think we need to dream bigger and brighter dreams for God. But we've got to wake up and do it. And that's the difference in terms of relating to God, relationship with God. We're, we're good maybe even at the point of relating to listen to God. I'll listen to you, God. But are we relating to God to do his will? Or are, are we not sure about the cost? And yet this whole time, this is about Jesus and his peace he brings into our lives. It's not a temporary fix. 
is actually an eternal solution for the way we live our lives, to live by faith for what he calls us to do. So this week, um, I unfortunately lost my keys. And um, I don't know about you, but if you lose your keys, that is just like one of the worst, like just chaos, havoc, unsettled, anything but peace, right? And uh, as you can see right now, these aren't spare keys. These are my keys. So way long story short, I got them back. So happy about that. But I want you to realize something but with keys. Keys, the reason I lacked the piece is just not knowing where these keys were. But actually what these keys open up to me. And I have quite a few keys on here. Let me just share. Because I lost my keys <laughs> at the end of the day. And the way I lost them, I'd literally, I always keep my keys on me. I keep my keys in my pocket. Keep my keys in my jacket. But for some weird, strange reason, I had taken my keys out and decided not to put them back on me. And I'd left them in another room in the wellspring. And they were found and returned to me. But because of that, I couldn't leave the wellspring and I couldn't lock up, right? I couldn't keep it safe. I couldn't secure this area. I couldn't get into my car. I couldn't have access to my car. I couldn't even go places. And I had to do the family weekly shop. I couldn't get the food that I needed for my family. And then I couldn't even open my front door. I couldn't even get in to where I live and dwell. See, these keys belong to me. But through these keys, I get so many other things. Your relationship with God, it belongs to you, but he belongs to you as well. You belong to him and he belongs to you. And the means of keeping that relationship is by faith. And so the moment we kind of act on our own or for some reason don't keep the faith or we don't relate to God, it's like... Losing the keys, losing the keys to peace, losing the keys to your patience, losing the keys to your provision almost. Not that God isn't faithful, he continues to be God, but our eyes are off of him. And the challenge in our relationship with God is not simply to listen, although that's good if we're getting to that point of listening when we've been ignoring and listening to the world more. But it's important not just to listen, but by faith to do, to, to follow through, to have faith to operate in how God is doing whatever he's doing in your life. And I know there's difficult situations presented in this family. There's hardship. But all I'm encouraging you to do is hold on to the relationship that God has with you and listen to him and also obey him despite, despite the hardship, despite the opposition, despite the pain, despite the noise, despite maybe not having what you think you need, Hold on by faith to Jesus because he is the key to delivering you, to saving you, to salvation. Don't go by an old way of living, a temporary fix for your temporary you know, problems. Grab hold of the eternal solution for an eternal prize and a relationship with Jesus that lasts forever. Finally, just to do a three-point sermon, it's important that we don't just think of Jesus in the ways of having a relationship with him and then listening and obeying. I think it's important that we realise that peace comes from praying like Jesus, Community, communicating with God as Jesus has told us to. And I'm just going to put 
my key, just in case you're missing that, and put my keys back in my pocket. So we know it's there. And I want to encourage you to put your spiritual key, your faith, back on you. Don't drop it. Don't put it to the side. Peace comes from praying like Jesus. Jesus grows up. And yes, he's not king with a crown on at this point. He's not king in heaven. But he teaches people to be like him in the way he relates to his father in heaven. So he says we get to call his father in heaven. We get to call him father too. And so he teaches us how to pray because his disciples, one of the best questions they could ever ask, probably the best thing they've ever asked in all their lives was, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And in Matthew, keeping to that gospel, we're going to turn to chapter 6 and just read from verse 9 to 13. Now, this is the Jesus way of praying. It's not the traditional prayer that maybe some of you have learned. The traditional one, it's got seven points or seven full stops and it ends with that doxology of yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Let's just break it down to do Jesus's one. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts or sins as we also have forgiven our debtors, those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that's all he says. Amen. I think it's really important if you want to have peace that you actually get to converse with God in the way that Jesus teaches us to converse with God. Notice here, there's only four full stops. And if you track what a full stop is. It's the end of a sentence, the end of an idea. There's four ideas that really grab hold of you through this prayer. And Jesus is making a way for us to relate to God as Jesus, Christ Jesus, the eternal King, relates to God. The first thing I want you to notice is how he, for us to notice is that it says, Father. Now, for many of us, despite what, whatever's happened with your earthly father, I want to encourage you, this kind of father language is very intimate. May, many of you may know the phrase, it was actually maybe more like daddy or dad, which is fantastic. And there is meaning in that. But there's something new that's conveyed in this word for me, at least at the moment, where it's not just that familial father, but it also can mean beloved. Just take hold of that for a moment. Your heavenly father, but also the one who is your beloved. You are his beloved and he is ours. And then... To think about your beloved as all of heaven, all of heaven, not a tiny part of heaven missing, but all of heaven operates in his will. All of heaven operates under his will, to his purpose, to his design, and he is your beloved. So before we even pray, get into what we're asking for, there's this recognition from Jesus that he's teaching us that God is our beloved and he is ours and we are his and he cares and that the whole of heaven obeys him. And here's the great thing. We can usher, we can ask for what all of heaven is obeying him in the heavens in our personal lives. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth, here with me, Lord God, peace, the peace of heaven come here in me. 
despite the temporary things that are going on, eternal peace. Then we move into the prayer. So that was like verse 9 and 10. We move into the next idea, concept, which is um, verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. Your beloved cares about your provision, cares about our provision. And if you know how devoted he is in his beloved, in his never-changing, unchanging ways, as a faithful father, as a faithful, devoted lover of you, then you'll know he will provide to you. And I know the narrative around the world right now, or at least here, is that, you know, cost of living, all this stuff getting in the way. Guys, we're not victims in Jesus. We have the beloved at our beckoning call. We can call out to him. We can hear him. We can walk with him. He is our beloved. He's devoted to you. So there's provision there. Then if we move into verse 12, and forgive us our sins. I love this, as he forgive, forgave us for our sins. Jesus has ushered in not only and shared in that we can know God as Father and devoted to us, that he'll provide for us and care for us by every means when we speak to him and shout. Not everything we need, uh, not everything we want, but maybe just possibly everything we need. And then moving into our relationships. He cares so much about our relationships. He reminds us the first key relationship with him, that he died and rose again so that we could have a relationship with Jesus and therefore access to a loving father. He's saying... There is no way you can therefore hate a brother or sister or fall out and not forgive because what has the beloved done for you and given over for you? And I know some of us in this room, very hurt, been very hurt by family, by close ones. But remember what Jesus went through for us. There's no way we can say, but this, but that God. No, Jesus gave his one and only son so that we could have a relationship with him. We don't deserve it. We could never earn it, but he freely gives. <laughs> it just costs all our lives, but it freely, he gives it to us. And finally, as we come to close the prayer, we see in verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, here's the thing. There is opposition, and there is an enemy, and there is an evil one, but Jesus is the victor. And he will protect us, and he will deliver us. As we cry out to God, our Father, who is a loving father, who provides, who pardons our sins, but also will protect us. And I know many of us are going through battles, struggles, they're real. But the Father in heaven will not lead us into temptation, but he will deliver us. He gave his one and only son. And again, it's a reminder not to fix our eyes too much on the temporary, although it is important, but realize Jesus has made a way that none of us will ever be a victim in him ever again because Jesus is king on high. He has won the victory. He is Lord of all, and he can be Lord of your lives too, the eternal king. I'm so glad I've been born in the age where I wasn't just observing a law to be made right with Jesus or right with God. But actually, I walk in a relationship of knowing Jesus and growing in faith in knowing Jesus to know that eternity, I, for I will spend the rest of eternity with him as well as with you guys. Sorry. <laughs> we get to spend eternity with him. That brings me peace. And so as we come to a close, I want to encourage you. There are temporary issues that we're facing today and they're real. 
And I want to encourage you not to just look for the immediate answer. I want to encourage you to listen to God. But where you're lacking peace, know Jesus is with you. Prince of Peace is with you. And by faith, and here it is again, the keys. By faith, hold on to that relationship. By faith, listen. By faith, obey. By faith, hold on to the peace that the Lord has given unto you and continues to reign in, in heaven. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I'm going to simply open with a prayer to ask the Spirit of God to move within us. Different situations and circumstances happening across in our lives. And maybe it's in, even in our loved ones we're thinking of right now. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to move and simply speak into those situations. One of the best things we can do in relating to God is listening to him. And then from that place, obey him. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for every person in this room. I want to thank you, Father, that you know them. Thank you, Father, that you're keen on them. And Lord God, despite some of the journey and the present situation that some people are facing, I thank you that you're with them and you care for them. And so right now, Lord God, help us to respond in faith and help us to believe. Just pray, Lord God, that we'd open up our hearts for you to speak into our situations and circumstance or to lift our eyes onto the eternal King. God, you are our beloved and we are yours. You, you are ours. And we, we need you, Lord. We desperately need you. So come, Spirit. Come and hover over us, rest in us. We ask for your sovereign plan to be at work, but we ask for your personal touch to be stirring in us right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11am in person and online.